Goodness, this episode is such a fun one. I had the incredible opportunity to welcome on YouTuber, TikToker, podcast host, and food enthusiast Remy Cruz to talk about everything about her incredible platform, what she's built, her passion for food, and we also geek out about kitchen gadgets, fast food, and some of our favorite TV shows. This episode is lighthearted. It'll make you laugh. It'll give you some inspiration, teach you a little bit about a new culture, and leave you hungry and wanting more, I'm sure. If you do not know about Remy, here is a little bit about her and the incredible platform she's built. Remy Cruz is a leading cooking and lifestyle YouTube creator and award-winning podcast host with over 5 million followers. Most recently, Remy partnered with popular plant-based coffee creamer brand Nut Pods to launch the Remy Cruz Collection, a co-branded variety pack of Cruz's favorite Nut Pads flavors. Earlier this year, she joined William Sonoma and No Kid Hungry as a part of their 2022 Celebrity Spatula Campaign. Her hand-drawn spatula was on sale in Williams-Sonoma stores across the country throughout the summer with all proceeds benefiting the organization. In 2021, Remy debuted Cooking with Remy, a central hub for food lovers filled with followable recipes for everyday meals, Korean classics, tipsy favorites, junk food alternatives, and so much more. Now in season two, Cooking with Remy has welcomed sponsors such as Whole Foods, Walmart, Morningstar Farms. New episodes are released weekly on her YouTube channel and are accompanied by a stream of recipes at cookingwithremy.com. Remy was honored by Lore DIY in 2021, Streamy Creators Honor Award for her dedication to her content and successfully pivoting her main channel to primarily food-based content. Alongside her best friend and fellow creator, Alicia Marie, Remy co-hosts the Webby award-winning podcast, Pretty Basic. The duo partnered with Tarte Cosmetic to release the limited edition Pretty Basic and Tarte Collection in February 2021, which was available nationwide in Ulta stores and Tarte.com. Alicia and Remy hit the road on Pretty Basic Live during 2019 with a string of live shows across the West Coast and continue to host one-off live events, most recently to a sold-out crowd in Anaheim, California. Episodes are released weekly across streaming platforms and video episodes are available on YouTube. Remy frequently works with top brands, including launching the Venus and Remy limited edition Gillette razor, in addition to social partnerships with HelloFresh, Lay's, Casetify, and among others. She encourages her audience to have conversations about mental health and was part of an ad council Seize the Award campaign, in addition to her partnerships with charitable organizations such as Headcount on a voter registration campaign. The It Gets Better Project on Pride Partnership and The Thirst Project. Oh my gosh, after reading that, I am so proud of our girl and our new friend, Remy, and I am thrilled to bring you this super, super fun conversation. Hi, I'm Katie, a hospitality educator and the host of Making Room by Gather podcast. I am set to see our communities get back to the table through hospitality, but it wasn't always this way. My husband and I moved to Thailand and through it, I experienced some loneliness. And with it, I was given a choice to sit back and accept it or to do something about it. And for me, that meant two things, that I needed the healing to learn how to accept an invitation and the confidence to know how to extend one. 
Through this process, I developed some of the richest and deepest relationships of my life, which means that I know you can too. It just requires a few things. Through Making Room by Gather, you will hear conversations from myself and experts in the areas of food, design, and relationships. You see, there are countless things trying to keep us from the table. But can I tell you something? Take a seat because you are ready. You are capable. You are a good host. It's a new year, and there's one resolution that you can easily tackle to do some serious good in your life. Change the way you buy meat with Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers is the 100% American meat company that delivers the best cuts of beef, chicken, and seafood right to your door. The best part is they source it all from local farms here in the U.S. Right now, you can get over two pounds of chicken free in every box for a year when you subscribe. Let me tell you, Good Ranchers Chicken will change what you know about chicken. It's pasture-raised, triple-trimmed by butchers so that you don't have to do the prep, and it is so tender and juicy you won't believe it's the same meat that you've been eating most of your life. You can get a year's worth of America's Best Chicken for free, $149 value, when you subscribe to any box at GoodRanchers.com today. That's healthy protein to stock your fridge all year long. Plus, you can get a bonus of $20 off with my code GATHER at checkout. If you want to start your year off right, then change the way that you buy meat by switching to Good Ranchers. Make sure to subscribe today and use my code GATHER at checkout to claim your free chicken for a year and $20 off your first box. New year, new me. More like new year, new meat with Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. So many of us know you across social platforms, but I want to go back kind of before it all began. I love starting there just so people can get a full picture. Um, talk to me about little Remy. So what do you remember at, about food as a kid? Like, were you cooking a lot? What did that look like? My mom is an amazing cook. And I feel like it's, I want to say it's like a, a Korean mom thing or an Asian mom thing where we don't measure. We just, you just okay. throw things in and keep mixing. If, you need, if it needs to be sweeter, you add sugar. If it needs salt, like you just keep adding whatever's in the fridge in. Um, so that's definitely like the way that I learned how to cook. I would watch her create so many dishes, a lot of Korean food because both my parents came from Seoul, Korea and they uh, immigrated over here when they were kids. So I learned so much Korean cooking from her and my grandma. And then also just like, I grew up in Orange County. So she made a lot of like American food and things too. So just watching her cook in the kitchen. And I just always had this fascination with food. I remember like even being in Spanish class, I was not that great. But I remember specifically the the lesson where we learned about any all the foods, how to you know say the foods in Spanish and um, any sort of like produce, whatever it was. That was the only A I ever got in Spanish because I was just so <laughs> genuinely interested in it. So I think just I've always loved food. I've been obsessed with um, cooking, eating, any sort of, anything to do with food. I think it really like people that love food and have careers in food. It really does start from when you're younger. Like, you know, I feel like you're born with it. I remember a similar story in science class. We had to do a cell out of candy. Did you have to do that? No. So like all the experiments I got, I like flunked, but that cell (laughs) that we had to make with like Twizzlers. Oh my gosh. I got like an A plus. I love, I'm glad that we all feel that way. My brother has never been interested in food. He does not like Korean food. My mom would make a full Korean food for us 
or some sort of Korean dinner and then would go out of her way to make like a quesadilla for him or just something like chicken tenders, whatever it is that he wanted. And he's just was, like never interested in it. But I do think like as you're a kid, you're either really into it or you're just not. Yeah, absolutely. Is he younger than you? He is. And he's two years younger than me and okay. still is just eating quesadillas and chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to keep him in business. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> um, do you remember like wanting to create content? I mean, we were like nineties kids, I would imagine. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and so I know obviously it was different, but were you like trying to, I don't know, perform or different things like that? Oh, what do perform- you remember? I mean, I definitely, I grew up as a dancer. I was in like dance competitions, all those things but I hated performing. Uh, it wasn't until I, I I found YouTube when I was in, I think like late middle school, early high school, my aunt gave me an iPod touch for like a Christmas or a birthday. And at the time it came pre-installed with like the old YouTube app that had, it was like the little TV that was like beige looking. And I was just so excited about, yeah, the old icon. I I can't even like think of it. I'm going to look it up as we're talking. Yes. No, no. (laughs) It's going to bring back all the nostalgic memories. And this was, I think it was like 2008, 2009. And um, I remember just obviously diving into every icon, every app that was already pre-installed. And I found YouTube and I found beauty videos and went down a rabbit hole, became like, all I would do is watch videos on how to do my hair and how to stretch my shoes and all these things. Um, And then I ended up, I would always make my own videos by myself, you know, talking to myself in the mirror or like on my MacBook photo booth, Uh, but I would never post them. And then I started finally posting them towards the end of high school uh, and then just kind of kept posting since then. Wow. Oh my gosh. So what year was that? Do you remember? Like when I you officially were... was posting when I was like 17. So I think it was like 2012 is when I officially like started posting. Okay. That's still early in the game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. Really early so on. Different. I love the TikTok videos when people show like what videos were like when we were 13, making them and just like the cringy <laughs> dances <laughs> and what they are now. or just like how kids look also different. Like I was so hideous in middle school and now yeah. middle schoolers are gorgeous. I know it's <laughs> so resources. Real. do you remember like early youtube there was that shoes video who even sang it it was like it was huge all the time yes i don't know i don't know what his name is though (laughs) that was like the youtube video and that was like it Mm -hmm. (laughs) good for you oh my gosh thank you um Okay. So I know that, um, your Korean heritage definitely plays a role in the way that you approach food and okay. I love Korean food. We lived in Thailand. There was a huge like Korean food influence. Yeah. And so I have to be honest though. I don't have my palate hasn't expanded that much. I haven't explored uh-huh. that much, but bibimbap is like, oh my gosh, I could have so it good. Times a month. Um, so good. <laughs> Tell us what you wish people knew about Korean food. So like, I think people go, they order bibimbap or bulgogi. Did I say it mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of. You okay. Job. Yeah, yeah. No, you could <laughs> <laughs> I, I was pretty bold for someone that had no idea what she was saying. No, I think you did a great job. I mean, I actually, okay. I don't speak Korean. And so I have, a, I have trouble pronouncing too, but I okay. mean, you're trying. That's all, that's all we yes. can do. Yes. Right. They'll get it eventually. Um, but what, what dishes like, do you wish people knew about, or what do you think people should know about Korean food culture? I mean, I think we've come such a long way. Like I love chef Roy Choi, David Chang, like these, those big Korean chefs so much. And I, I know they talk about it, but I feel like a big thing that, uh, just 
people who are like, I feel like at my age or maybe a little bit older who grew up bringing, trying to bring like Korean food to school would get made fun of so much for how it smelled and you would feel insecure and embarrassed, especially for me growing up in Orange County where it was predominantly Caucasian people. Um, I was always scared to bring my food to school, but I feel like now Korean food has just had such a wave of popularity. Obviously like Korean barbecue is big and I love Korean barbecue, but there are so many dishes that I think people, if they tried with love, like my personal favorite and like one of my favorite comfort foods is called tteokbokki and it's spicy rice cakes. I would say that's getting pretty popular too. Uh, Some of my favorites, I would say like if my last meal on earth would actually be, it's Korean and Chinese fusion. Um, And there's one called jjampong, which is like a spicy seafood noodle soup, which I love when I'm like sick or if it's cold out. Um, and then also at the same time, they at, usually on the same menu, there's something called jajangmyeon, which is what I made in my first episode of Cookie with Remy. And it's like a, a black bean noodle. And it's so good. You can have like pork in it or anything like that. It's like super rich in umami. And then um, also tangsiuk, which is uh, sweet and sour pork. And it's delicious. And usually like my family will order all three at the same time. So I kind of like in my head have them as a full meal, <laughs> but it's so good. It's like comfort food that I feel like not a lot of people know about. And wow. also um, a big one is called nengyeon and it's like a, an ice noodle. So they serve it during the hot summers when it's like humid out. It is so good. It's like, it's, um, I think they're maybe like a buckwheat noodle in a, it's like an icy, I'm not even sure, maybe like a beef broth of some sort, but it's cold and it is so good when it's hot outside. And those are like my go-to favorites. Yum. <clears throat> do you know, or do you follow, <laughs> do you follow the Korean vegan, Joanne Molinaro? Yes. 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 Isn't she amazing? And so amazing. Some of the dishes you said, I'm like, oh, I've heard her talk about it, but (laughs) yeah, those are like good classics. I would say nothing too, too out of the box. Right. That's great. I was watching some of your videos on going to the Korean grocery store though. So what are your favorite, what are your favorite go-tos when you're there? I mean, you covered them in the video, but for those who haven't seen it. Uh, that is like my candy store. I get so excited. I try to not go too often because I will just go too crazy. And I live in a house that just one other person. So we don't need that many things, (laughs) but I love, I'm like the biggest fan of Korean instant noodles. I think that they are, I'm not a ramen fan, like a Japanese ramen fan, but I love the Korean ones. They're just like a couple bucks and so good. Those are always my go-to and the aisles are lined with like hundreds of variations. Um, I think they obviously have like amazing fruits. I think like a go-to thing you have to get when you go to the store is gochujang is like a total staple. So good. Okay. So I load my bibimbap with that. What else do you put yeah. it on? Like what, how um, much should I use it? I mean, I grew up with my mom just serving it with just sliced cucumbers and eating it as a dip essentially. And it is so, it's so refreshing and so delicious. And like that, I think that was also kind of like my gateway into like spicier things too. Yeah. Um, that's obviously a go-to. Um, if you like bibimbap, then kimbap is really good too. It's essentially like Korean sushi. If you haven't tried that. It's like a couple bucks and it's usually by the register on the way out. They'll just have it like lined with, um, you know, like little like sock that you can buy, which are rice cakes. So they have like some that are filled with like red beans or sesame. And it's usually just all made at the grocery store. But I highly recommend you get that because it's essentially all that wrapped in a sushi, a little like to go. And like my my favorite memory going to the store with my mom as a kid is she'd grab one at the cash register and we'd eat it on the way back home in the car. So I love that. So I have so many like fond memories with that. And again, I think it was just because my brother was there, but couldn't have cared less. I was just so interested in the food that it, it created all these nostalgic memories for me. Um, But yeah, I think gochujang is great. I mean, you can make 
pretty much like any spicy Korean food will have that as a base. Um, gochugaru also is like the pepper flakes. So that's like mm-hmm. a really big staple too. Um, I just think also like Korean or Asian sauces in general elevate anything you're cooking, like fish sauce, yeah. like a dark soy sauce, sesame oil. You can't go wrong with those. I love dark soy sauce. Um, it was funny okay. as you were talking about the noodles. So in Thailand, they call their noodles mama, like M-A-M-A. Oh, yes, I've seen those. Have you? Okay. I haven't tried them though, but my best friend is obsessed with those. So, but it was funny because we were just learning the language and we were working with kids and we were like, where are you going? And they're like, I'm going to get mama. And it just got really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> like, why we is were... everyone trying to find their mom? I know. <laughs> Everyone's mom. <laughs> still don't understand how that happened, but yes, people love it. (laughs) That's amazing Um, though. I've always wanted to go to Thailand. If you ever need someone to go with, want recommendations, let me know. It was home for four years. So I feel like, yeah, yeah. So it's very worth it. Yeah. And I feel like you have to, you don't have to, but (laughs) it would be like the best use of your trip to kind of see the whole country. So like North, Central and South, because it's like three totally different countries. Yeah. That's amazing. I've been, I want to go, I want to go to the floating markets. I know that's yeah. like such a tour. I, I just have to do that before I die. You do have to. Yeah. You'll like, <laughs> you'll feel like you're in like rush hour in New York, but <laughs> <laughs> wait, I didn't know worth- that. That's awesome. I oh, really? That. Oh, it's like, it's a huge traffic jam, but it's like, it's filled with food. So you just sit there and you buy all this food off the other carts and so um, I guess amazing. you're happier than a New York traffic jam because you're yeah. eating. But. <laughs> At least you have a snack. Yeah. <laughs> I love a road snack. Um, okay. Now that we have some background for those that are new to you, um, I want to hear more. How did your platform take off? Was it just the consistent posting from when you were 17 on YouTube? Um, I think a big, a huge thing I think is consistency for any, any okay. creator. Uh, I think what was kind of, the reason why I was able to take off was I've done lifestyle since the beginning because I've been so interested in so many different things. Like I started off doing, uh, I would say like makeup videos that turned into when I went to college, I did like dorm decor videos and I decorated my, my college dorm. I also did like dance videos at one point, but there was always some sort of element of cooking also to my content. Um, and that's kind of why I decided to hone in on cooking a couple years ago only. But I think it's just showing showcasing all my interests while also having a blog channel on the side I think people being able for people to be able to see my personality and kind of the ins and outs of my daily life I think that created a really strong sense of community um so I think it was just a culmination of all the things and showcasing all my interests and not feeling like I needed to stick to one specific niche was a big reason as to why people connected I felt that even just as a learning more about you, like I said, I think before we started recording, you have so many different markets covered, which is so cool. But I love that now you kind of have the option to hone in on what you love. Yes. When, when do you feel, or when did it become like a job instead of a hobby? At what stage? Ooh, uh, well, for me, I, I was in college and that's where I was creating all my dorm videos. And after okay. my first year, freshman year, I was still creating videos and I kind of had this moment where I started having more brands reach out. I had like a manager reach out to me, a potential opportunity. And I remember I had just finished my first year, went back to college to start my second year. And I went to my parents and I was like, I think this could be a job. But in the year it was, I think it was only like 2014 at the time. So people were definitely doing it, but not obviously like it is now. And so I remember going to my parents and saying like, I think I can make this a career, but I just can't 
focused on school full-time and trying to do this full-time at the same time. And so I eventually got my mom to say it was okay to at least try for a year, see how it goes. And, you know, if it worked out great, if not, I was only behind a year in school. And so I gave it my all for that year. And I was able to grow my channel from 200,000 subscribers to I think like 800,000 subscribers in that year. So once I was able to have a steady ish income, obviously Mm -hmm. with social media, it fluctuates, but be able to at least pay for my rent and fully support myself. Then my Mm -hmm. mom was like, okay, then like, let's see if this can take off a little bit more. And that's kind of what it, when I moved to LA, I think I was like 19, 20. That's when it fully became a job. That's so wild. What a good mom too, huh? I know. It was a lot of coursing. Yeah, it was a lot of coursing. She's like, okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So fun. Um, So I think that there's a lot unknown about the YouTube and TikTok space, even though like we were saying, it's really taken off. Um, It's grown so quickly and I feel I'm so late to the game. I just joined TikTok just because I have an addictive personality and I was like, I will never get anything done. (laughs) Good for you for holding off for that long. I know that's your face. You're like, who is this girl? (laughs) No, I'm impressed. That was shocked. I was going to say, call it self-control, but don't, don't give me that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what do you wish that people knew about, you could take it whatever direction, the YouTube or the TikTok space that maybe people don't know? Yeah. I would say, I mean, honestly, I... I I'm why I was so genuinely shocked is because I am addicted to TikTok. It's all I do. And I, I don't, but I don't consider myself a TikToker by any means for me. I just love watching. So every once in a while I'll post a TikTok and I even started posting and people would comment and be like, see you in five months round because I'm so, (laughs) I I just like consuming. I don't post. So I don't even think about TikTok, but I think that's also because I fully consider myself a YouTuber and I've been doing YouTube obviously for like, this is my 10th year now. And I'm just so accustomed to YouTube culture and creating long form content that I have trouble trying to create short form content sometimes. So I'm just going to take that in the YouTube realm. But I think just in, in influencing or content creation in general, a big kind of misunderstanding is that, I mean, people just see us and think that we obviously don't work hard. And I think that's kind of something that I've been trying, I'm not that I like take it on as my job to try and prove people wrong, but it's just something that I've seen and we all see and have seen for so long. People just thinking, you know, even like a podcast, you just get on and you record for an hour and you're done, but it's obviously you don't know what goes on behind the scenes until you actually try to do it. So I think that's just the biggest thing of like, there's so much more that goes into it. I do think we've come such a long way of people understanding, especially I think TikTok was really helpful with that because so many people are just creating content now. Um, that they kind of see like, oh, it is more than just a three minute video or a one minute video. There's a lot of planning and strategy and work that goes into it. Um, so I think that that's definitely a big thing that we've all tackled as content creators to try and dispel over the years. So important. Um, as I said, I'm new to TikTok, and so I try to make my like first two videos or whatever. My husband's <laughs> like, yeah. So my husband's like, Kate, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm making a video. He comes back an hour later. What are you doing? Making a video. He's like, the same <laughs> video. I'm like, I'm new. Leave me. Alone. I can't get the choreography. It's too hard. <laughs> it's a lot though. It really is. Yeah. What does a Napa Valley wine and cheese charcuterie board and a pumpkin spice dessert board have in common? They are both professionally pre-recorded classes taught by myself available for you on our website. 
You may not know this, but over the course of the past few years, we hosted virtual workshops from my studio kitchen with thousands of guests from all 50 states and six countries. These classes taught the everyday host how to be confident designing a beautiful Instagram-worthy charcuterie board and a cake that they are confident serving. Whether you're looking for a new hobby, a creative date night, or even just a step-by-step as you are preparing for your next gathering, these classes are perfect for you. I teach you everything I know from troubleshooting, the tools that you need to avoid wasting money, Picture it like a friend coming alongside you to teach you to create stunning charcuterie and cakes with ease. Head on over to our website, gatherintentionalliving.com and click on the button for courses or hospitality academy to see all 12 of our professionally pre-recorded classes individually for $9.99 each, or you could purchase them all together in what we call our food styling confidence bundle for $99. You will not regret it. See you in the kitchen. I'm saving your seat. Okay. So your, um, YouTube videos, you've quickly referenced this, um, cooking with Remy is kind of like your main focus. That's, is that like your baby out of all the series? I would say definitely. So, I mean, I'm the queen of starting a series and then forgetting about it and forgetting I made one. So I would say it is because I love it the most, but also I just remember to do it, which is great. Yes. But I think what, when I started the idea of cooking with Remy, again, I've just through the years always loved cooking and had some sort of uh, like component of cooking to most of my videos, but Mm -hmm. I had this idea to start my own like quote unquote cooking show because I just love it. I want to share recipes and have it be like highly produced. And I remember initially when I came up with the idea, I thought like, oh, well, if I want it to look like Food Network or have it be highly produced, I need to hire a production company. And when I took a few meetings, I took like three meetings and they were, I think that they gave me a rough estimate between the three for like six episodes of like 15 grand to 60 grand to make like six YouTube videos. And I was like, well, I don't even know if anyone's going to watch this. I don't think that it's really smart to invest that much off the bat. So I ended up just deciding to do it with my producer and I, we just got um, a new camera and we're like, let's just try to do this ourselves. And we've kept it all in house the whole time we have. I love it too, because I feel like it just feels more hands-on that way. And I feel more connected to it. So it was a blessing in disguise that they, we're going to charge so much. And now it's just my little baby. And I've been able to fully control, obviously, like, uh, you know, the length of the episodes. I I don't, I feel more comfortable knowing also that we're editing it, editing it and filming it ourselves. So I feel like just so much more connected to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You know, it's so real and just so cool for me that you said that, like you sat down because I'm kind of the same way. If I'm doing a project, I start at the top and then work backwards. I don't want to start at the bottom and work up, but you're always tempted to think like, no, I need that top person, you know, but you don't, you could do a lot by yourself. You could get scrappy. You could, I don't know, trust yourself more than you realize too in the process. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think YouTube is, I actually think if I had gone with a production company, while it would have been stunning, I think that's the beauty of YouTube is that people you know, it started with me making videos by myself with my mom's camera in my bedroom at her house. Like people like that, that scrappy kind of feel. And that's what I love. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that you get to work with them one day, but for now you're doing a great job. Thank you you so much. (laughs) Your, um, I feel like I'm just gushing, but your, I think you did like the class of 2023 with all those gorgeous pictures of you. Was it like a thumbnail or what? Or like your intro? What was that? Oh yeah. My intro. I love to do after the past like three years, after again, doing it almost a decade, I was like, I love the idea of a fresh start 
in my yeah. life. So I feel like I should also bring it over to my channel. So I love to just do a full yeah. like facelift every year and do like an intro banner just so it feels new and fresh because I feel like YouTube can't after doing it 10 years, feel a little bit stagnant. So yeah. just something to feel a little bit refreshed is nice. So I did like a full photo shoot for both channels to, or two different photo shoots. I brought on my best friend to help me with uh, creative directing recently. And he's Smart. been crushing it. And it, I love keeping it in house with people that I already feel comfortable with. So he helped me plan a couple photo shoots and we did, um, you know, like different ideas for each one to feel different and intros, banners, thumbnails, all the things. That was very worth the hire because real, it was just like, seriously, like, yeah, it was incredible. (laughs) That is, he's going to love that. Thank you. Good. Yes, absolutely. It was like spot on. So I love how, um, in this series, so jumping back to the cooking with Remy, you make Mm -hmm. cooking just like so fun, so approachable, so relatable. And it's kind of actually cool that you, I mean, you called it a little bit scrappy. It is for sure not scrappy, but (laughs) (laughs) approachable. What do you say for someone kind of around our age that's intimidated of the kitchen and wants to spend more time there? What's your advice? Ooh, I would say, I think just being creative. I know that's such a broad answer and kind of a boring answer, but I do think like my favorite things that I make are when I just go to my fridge and I've got leftover things and I try to have fun with it. Sometimes it's bad, but sometimes it's good. So I think just like playing around, you never know like what, what flavors are going to go well together, what ingredients are going to go well together. I think also <laughs> my producer is always shaming herself. She's like, I'm a microwave chef. Like I just only know how to use the microwave, but I think there's nothing wrong with that. So no. I think like utilizing whatever tools you have, I'm the biggest fan of an air fryer. I don't even touch my oven anymore. Yeah. Like you can make everything in like a small little kitchen appliance. I think like, um, you know, like obviously people in dorms now, I feel like you don't have much in your dorm. If you can get an air fryer, if you can get a microwave oven, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, like you can do so much with so little. So I think just don't be scared. And also don't shame yourself if you don't want to use the oven or stove or figure out how to do that. Like there's nothing wrong with a microwave chef. Yeah, it's so true. We always tell people the goal is just to gather, you know, Mm -hmm. as long as you're not like, as long as you're not keeping your doors closed because you're embarrassed, like I don't want anyone doing that, but whatever your skill is, like, even if you are just a microwave chef, if you're using those skills and inviting people over, that's the goal. People just need somewhere to sit and they want to belong and yeah, just use the skills you have. Um, uh, I was going to jump back to the air fryer thing though. What are your, what are your air fryer go-tos? Cause I'm obsessed with mine, but I've hit, like, I need to get more creative. Okay. I mean, to be fully honest, uh, mine is usually leftovers, but I think everything tastes better in the air fryer. The amount of times I'll go to a nice restaurant and be like, this is going to taste so much better tomorrow after I air fry it. But I also love, I mean, I think you can do absolutely everything. I love any sort of vegetable in the air fryer. I think it tastes so much better than any other way of cooking it. I also love like, um, any sort of fish I think does so well too. Like I love like a salmon. My favorite is mix it in like a little bit of miso and some mayo and then putting it on top and cooking it. It's like a miso mayo. It is so good. And you, what I love is you can't mess it up. Like you truly right. can't. No, it's great. It's so uh-huh. easy. I, this is silly. I'm like, I don't know. Someone's going to roll their eyes. It cooks <laughs> my favorite burger. Have you had a burger in the air fryer? No. It's okay. So I have the Ninja. It's a dual basket. And so there's yeah, two baskets. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And so there's these um, fries at Costco, sweet potato fries. They're the best you can get anywhere. So we do the sweet potato fries in one basket, the burgers in the other. It's <gasps> perfect. 
I need to get that air fryer. I gave that to my friend as a gift and uh-huh. he's not even a chef. So he doesn't even use it enough. Like he, he's just a, <laughs> a Postmates kind of person. Uh-huh. But I, the idea of having two going at once sounds fantastic. And I will be making a burger in mine tonight. Okay. The way that it like crisps the outside, but the inside is like perfectly juicy. Yeah. It's, I don't even, I don't even need a grill. <laughs> I like, I am the queen of having too many kitchen appliances. Like if there's something new, I need it. I got this okay. Japanese toaster recently that uh-huh. it's similar to a microwave oven more than, or toaster oven, more, more than um like a, a regular toaster, but you put a little bit of water into the basket at the top. And then whether it's like pizza, a roll, baguette, toast, whatever it is that you're putting in there, it'll steam the inside and crisp the outside. And it has been my favorite appliance I've ever gotten. Have you posted about it? I I think I actually, no, I don't think I have yet. I've been gatekeeping it. I need to share. You should, because you're going to sell those out. I haven't even seen that yet. Oh, they're incredible. That's I'm telling you. It is so good. The Japanese have it all figured out, I swear. <laughs> they, <yeah. laughs> they really do. They do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you have a, also have a podcast called Pretty Basic. Mm-hmm. And you have hosted such an incredible lineup. I remember I was just like looking at, I watched them on YouTube instead of listening, but you guys are so fun. Your chemistry, you and your best friend, right? And the guests Thank that you bring you. on, talk to us about the show. What, um, what's like the heartbeat behind it? What's your, what are the conversations mostly about? Uh, well, it's been, we're actually entering our fifth year of the show. So it has had many lives, just like our, my YouTube channel and her YouTube yeah. channel. It's wow. been a long time. It started off really with, uh, the idea was I was in my dating era and I was dating all these guys that were giving me so much heartbreak trauma, but at the same time, such great stories to share. Right. <laughs> so it's okay. It's fine. But I would just obviously with my best friend, like the first person you call after, you know, you get ghosted or whatever, maybe after a date, whatever I always call Alicia and we talk about it. And uh, then we'd like retell the stories to anybody else in our life that wanted to hear like the stories of me, like scaling a wall to get my phone back from this guy that I was seeing or like, you know, all the, all these crazy things. And so we would tell people stories and we eventually told our agent at dinner one night. And the next morning after dinner, he called us and was like, you guys really need a podcast. And this was at the time where podcasts were obviously around, but just not big in the influencer space yet. And so we were like, uh, okay, like we'll try. And so it kind of originated with just like, boy stories, dating, our best friend stories, anything that we wanted to share. Um, and then within the past couple of years, we actually didn't bring guests on for the first three years, I want to say. Oh, and wow. then finally just started bringing on guests. And it's definitely ha- like, it's changed over from like our stories, which we still love and try to sprinkle in, but just like getting to know other creators. It's been such a fun yeah. way to just create relationships. And I've, we've had on so many people that I, I have so many out of body experiences where we're sitting there and they're they're talking to me and I'm like, oh, Ashley Tisdale is speaking to me right now about like, she's here. She came to my, my studio and is talking to me or like, I'm the biggest Megan Trainer fan. Like she came on yeah. so many creators that I'd admired for years. So it's just been such a fun way to get closer with my best friend, share stories with the audiences. Mm-hmm. Like we got so much closer to our audiences because of it, because it's a safe place to talk about, you know, vulnerable stories that feel a little bit fail when you're talking to just a camera by yourself. Yeah. Like conversation's more fun. So it's just been a great experience all around to get to know people and for us to get closer. I didn't know if you wanted me to name drop, but yeah, Ashley Tisdale Please. and Megan oh, Trainer. I was to. like, okay. I was like, those are those are huge names. Like those are incredible interviews to land. And so I it mean was- 
Amazing. I love <laughs> celebrate. I love like in these um, conversations with people when we get to like start at the beginning and then you end up on these amazing places that the journey has led, like, you know, the YouTube channel, TikTok, all of that. But then those interviews, those are like, you know, if you oh. had quit or if you had let go like earlier, if you had stayed in college and didn't pursue this, that would have like never happened. So it's so worth all the work. Yeah. So, so true. Yeah. It's so true. I, I, that's the moment I have when I'm sitting and talking to those people. I'm like, hmm. how did me making videos in my bedroom at 17 get me to this couch right now? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Long journeys, like long days where you don't see a lot of those things happen, but when they all come mm-hmm. together, they lead to that. At a glance, worth it. <laughs> at a glance. At a glance. Yep. So we end each conversation with three questions, and I want to hear your answers as well. These you're gonna have such fun answers. Um, <laughs> what is something you have eaten recently and loved? Oh my gosh. What is something that I've eaten recently and loved? everything that I eat, I love. I mean, I had in and out for dinner last <laughs> night and that is always good. Always Did you say in and out? Yeah. I've never had it. I know. You're kidding. Uh-uh. We don't have it here. Oh my gosh. You got to get it next time you come out here. Oh, I, uh, it's girlfriend. so good. I'm there. It's so good. Do you know where in the country it starts? So like I'm in like New York area. Okay. Yeah. I think they're definitely like West coast. I, I want to say it's actually only West coast for sure. California. I think it okay. might extend to like maybe Arizona, but it definitely doesn't go that far, but it is, uh-huh. I I've grown up with it my entire life growing up in orange County and I didn't like it as a kid. And then now as an adult, my, I don't know if my palate changed, but now I think it's the most delicious thing in the world. And I want it like at least once a week. Oh my gosh. We just got Chick-fil-A in this area like two years ago, which was like, no the thing. Yeah. I love a good fast food mom. I love fine food, but I'm a fast food girl raising canes. I just, I love anything that I can get through a drive. So we don't, we don't have them. We don't have, what's the other one? Culver's is that? Oh, Culver's. Is, I love my boyfriend's family's in the Midwest and uh-huh. that is it. Like the cheese curds, the burgers. Yeah. You can't get that here, but that's my favorite thing to get when I'm there. Okay. Oh my gosh. We should do like a video tour if, and you can introduce me to all the fast food stuff. I would love, tell me when, at any time. Have fun. <laughs> I love um, the drive through honestly. Oh my gosh. Um, what's something you've discovered recently that you think everyone should know about? TV show, Amazon purchase, oh, anything? Uh, I'm such a follower of anything that's trendy. So people are already talking about it, but I would say, hmm, I mean, my favorite show and all my friends make fun of me is called Heart of Dixie and it's a Rachel okay. Bilson show from probably like the 2000 early 2010s and I don't think enough people talk about it. <laughs> You're talking about it. Yeah. You yes, can leave, thank the, you. leave the movement. <laughs> exactly. I think I think we need to bring it back. We should start a petition to bring season season 5. <laughs> I've seen it on like Netflix but I haven't watched it. Please I'm, please watch it if anyone's listening. Please watch. I'm a huge America's Got Talent girl. I think oh, the success stories inspire me because like we were talking about, these people work so hard. Finally, they're discovered and I just cry. <laughs> Nothing makes me cry more than a golden buzzer moment. Okay. I'm not the only one. My husband's like, <laughs> oh, are no. you okay? <laughs> are you okay? <gasps> oh, no, I can't. Or like um, there's that one audition. I want to say it was maybe Britain's Got Talent or some sort of talent show, but um, the guy that sang the Labyrinth song Jealous for his best friend that had passed. Have you seen? You're going to cry. Oh, no please go watch it. Okay. Best audition ever. 
I'll have to save it for the right time when I'm ready. Yeah. For, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my eye makeup's good right now. I'm going <laughs> to. Exactly. Yeah. After the skincare routine's done, do that. <laughs> um, okay. Last but not least, a gathering you attended that made you feel a strong sense of belonging. And if you could pinpoint it, what it was that made you feel that way? I would say most recently I hosted Christmas in my house for the first time ever. Mm, and my wow. whole family came out here and it was such an amazing experience. I love hosting. Obviously I love cooking, but I love hosting and, and providing that sense of community and yeah. that sense of gathering um, and being able to see, I had a family member who got sick this year, so I haven't been able to see her in person until the holidays. So she wow. came and uh, being able to see her be healthy again and be here with my family um, and just be able to provide, like obviously growing up, having Christmas with my family at their house was such a huge part of my childhood and being able to provide that mm-hmm. now was such a, an amazing experience. And I loved being able to cook and just, uh, have the trees up and I put so much decor up because I was just so excited yeah. all month long. So that definitely was just a huge, 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 huge moment for me that I feel like as a kid, you know, when you're dreaming, you're like, Oh, I can't wait to have my own house one day and, and do this and do that. And that was like the Mecca for me. So that was amazing. Super, super sweet. Well, I know a bunch of us are already following you, but for those of us that aren't, where do you want to send them? Uh, you guys can check me out. Please check out my TikTok. Again, I am trying to post, but everything <laughs> is with Remy Ashton. Uh, my Instagram for cooking is cooking with Remy. And then my podcast is called Pretty Basic. I'll, t- I'll link it all in the show notes, but thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. You are our first, I was going to call you TikToker, but YouTuber, you're the first <laughs> in both worlds to come on the show. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much guys. We will see you next week.